Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm ready. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things episode 2. 217 Suns fan here with the Cindermeister himself. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Quick announcement before we get started with the patrons and all that. The Kickstarter Cinderin for my game mm-hmm. uh, delayed slightly. We are okay. deciding that it will be December 4th, which is the worst month for Kickstarter, apparently, and the worst day of the week. Uh, we're doing it for okay. reasons, let's say. Uh, the only thing that could possibly push it back any farther is if the Kickstarter review process goes longer than anticipated. Otherwise, it which will we are be obviously all hoping for, because you chose the literal worst day of the year to start it on. The problem so. is, there's okay. Th- there's a reason we have to do it in December, and we can't go any farther down the line, which I won't get into. The other reason that we have to do it Monday is be- well, we don't have to, but Tuesday, you know, you know, Stormgate. That RTS, yeah. they're doing a yes. Kickstarter on Tuesday, the day after. <laughs> oh, so no. I, I don't know how much it actually eats into it, but we're just going to avoid it for the first day at least. So whatever. Anywho, okay. thank you to our inbrush tier. Humbled Bookmaker recommends Cocoon. Partial PCL tear equals more time to Dota, no pain, no gain. Zarzar is excited for Frostivist and hopes Ben Broomhead made it back from TI safely. We do as well. The Shazcast, Granite Eater. Mr. I love the NBA segment. Jordan Poole keeps doing it again. Cinderin. <laughs> that is true. He fucking sucks. Uh, just a TLDR. This guy is a, I don't even know how to describe what he's just a really bad player, but he got a big contract, so they have to play him. He just keeps making these really stupid mistakes. He's kind of a, a joke, if you want to call him that. Uh, Cinderin had to be surgically removed, but that allows me to give Suns fan twice the attention with my new lawnmower 5.0 brought to you by Manscaped, I, I, probably. I, I don't i don't know if i i don't know if this is real or not at this point i feel like a step-by-step story week by week <laughs> i hope you didn't have to cut off a testicle because of the what was it there was a swelling on one of them was there to I, this person well, i have, have been following this i i know the lore <laughs> been a riveting story yeah i am i'm very sorry to be surgically removed but what must be done must be speaking done. speaking of testicles thank you also to pepper balls t coil rupus q lose is ready to praise the podcast stupid copilot d2 bowie lab dota yatoro does it again cinderin magdev dota 2 had has had millions of users over its lifetime through basically only word of mouth that's correct also disco farm d the mega pope zan savior nate thicko zero one ham yeah, Toro does it again, Cinderin. We still have two of them. One of you guys needs... You need to fight over it, and one of you gets to keep the name. Shark TM, Janie, Dop, nothing to see here. Ivremore recommends Stornoway. It sounds like steam... It sounds kind of like steam-powered giraffe. That's what? a band. I, they oh, have, okay. They, steam-powered giraffe. Uh, I think most people maybe wouldn't like a lot of their stuff. But there's one song. If you're going to check out one song, it's called Captain Alexander. Fucking S tier. You've shown me this song. Yeah. Top five song for me. Go ahead. Stornoway is also a town in Scotland, as it turns out. Okay. Uh, ben Broomhead is off to TI. <laughs> Safe travels, Ben. Uh, wooden aftertaste, anonymous, and platypuses do not produce milk like other mammals. Instead, they secrete milk through the skin. Hmm. Mr. Niebling. If you could pick one animal that, if you, like, let's say you die, you go to heaven, all that's real. Like there was right. one animal that was actually from another planet, what would it be? Well, I guess yours is platypus. No, it's not. But I, I figured. Oh, uh, from another planet. Yeah, I mean, platypuses are very weird. Sloths. Uh, I would say an ant. Okay, they're incredible. 
They are like an evolved species that we can just stomp on. So are sloths. They are the first animal to come to the realization that nothing matters. <laughs> um, so I can relate with that. All right, cool. Uh, quick NBA segment. Uh, the in-season tournament has now... Uh, the first portion of it is done, and the teams have qualified to face each other in the final eight. And the Suns made it, Cinder, and can you believe oh, it? Oh, shit. They lost I their first game that. against the Lakers, and we thought, you know, they're not going to be able to get through, but uh, they won every other game. They went on a seven-game winning streak, and now they're in there, and they're going to be playing the Lakers in the first round, of course. And the, the joy of this all is it's kind of weird because you end up playing some teams uh, like the maximum amount throughout, I don't know how many years it's been now, that you can play one mm -hmm. team is four, okay? And it's right. teams in your conference. Mm -hmm. We play the Lakers four times a year, which is miserable for me. Because of this okay. tournament, we'll be playing them five times this year, which is just a fucking oh. joy. So we play them, the Kings play the Pelicans, and that's one side of the bracket, and the other side of the bracket, the Bucks play the Knicks, Pacers play the Celtics. So should be interesting, should be fun. Looking forward to it. Good luck I to everybody. I hope you get your sweet revenge, Shannon. That oh, we will. We will. Oh, you will? Okay. Oh, yeah. It's, it's set in stone. Heating up. All right. Give us an update, Cinderin. Yeah. So I have a little bit of an update on my arm since we talked about that two weeks ago or whatever. Um, so if you remember, I, I think I, I said I went to the doctor and they told me essentially you just got to rest it, rest it for like two months. And then if it doesn't get better, come back and we'll get you a time at a physiotherapist. And then sometime during last week i was like okay this is getting worse i think i wanted looked at and get a second opinion so i booked a time at a physiotherapist and uh, as it turned out he basically said that what i had if i would have waited two months it would have not got any better it would have really? either been the same or got worse yeah um and Essentially, it was a bit weird because I had a couple of days in a row. I was like, okay, it's getting worse. And then over the weekend, I had a time on Monday this week. Uh, over the weekend, I was like, oh, it's getting better again. Maybe I should just cancel my time and chill because, you know, that was the advice I got. But I, I still went there because I was like, okay, I already booked my time. I'll go and get it checked. Uh, and what he did was he checked out multiple different spots on my arm. And he was obviously very knowledgeable and this seemed like something he was very familiar with. Uh, and then effectively what happened was after identifying which spots on my arm hurt, he took them one by one and just pressed and moved the tissue around by hand for like extended periods of time. And some of the spots really hurt mm. and some of them didn't very much, but we went through all of them. Um, and it improved things a lot. So effectively what had happened with my arm is the tissue can... When your arm gets stressed, and especially if it starts compensating for different muscle groups, your tissue can get like, it kind of gets entangled in itself, if that makes sense. Hmm. Um, and the body cannot solve that on its own, he told me. So there's a lot of things the body can handle with just time, but tissue entanglement doesn't, like your body doesn't have a, a tool for handling it. So effectively, what you do is you just forcefully move it around until it loosens up. That's hmm. what happens. Oh. Um, and wow. the reason I had the sensations I did in my arm is that my um, the ulnar nerve, which is the whole cubital tunnel syndrome thing, was under pressure. And that's because the tissue was kind of stuck. So you just get this treatment for like, I think it took him 15 to 20 minutes to just go over the entire arm and I'm going back next Monday. And then hopefully that's a done deal. Wow. Uh, it's, it was that simple. Yeah. Wow. Um, and um, we were talking about what could have started this whole thing because... He said that the reason it, it's, I started having the, the symptoms that I did after Seattle was I had this theory that it's, oh, it's because I'm sleeping on my arm, which isn't great, or on my hand, especially on the flight. I was like sleeping like this, right? So you like bend and pressure it. Uh, and the way we were sitting at some of the tables or desks when I was playing a lot of games in Seattle was not as ergonomic as at home. So that could have sparked the whole thing. But I gave him like a breakdown of everything I had been experiencing. And he said, it is possible that this whole thing started when I had a little bit of a... I overstressed my shoulder in the gym seven or eight months ago. Um, what? And it was... So if you imagine this muscle here that uh, you use when you do presses, like uh, chest press or 
flies or when you do uh, overhead presses, this muscle gets activated when you lift the bar. Mm -hmm. uh, this, for me, was overstressed and I was... I needed to just take a little bit of a break from those exercises in the gym. Uh, but I think what it might have started is that the rest of my arm maybe started compensating a little bit for something a muscle in the chest slash shoulder region should perform, right? And then over time, maybe that step-by-step -step could have influenced the rest of my arm, right? Because they start, then one area copes for that, and then the next area copes for that one. You get what I mean. Mm -hmm. So it's possible that started the whole thing. So I guess in conclusion, my advice is if people are feeling some some sort of symptoms like what I did with like, a numbing sensation in your fingers or just general un discomfort in your arm, uh, go get it checked by a physiotherapist first. Uh, or, you know, push for a referral so that you get it, get it checked up because that was very well worth it. I mean, essentially, I ended up wasting two to three weeks just waiting, right? If it would have gone faster, I would have got faster relief. Um, but yeah, they, if so I had just right listened now, to the doctor it... blindly, I could have just been waiting until next year and nothing would have happened. Does it feel fine right now like um it's way better it's not fully gone but it's i would say it's like as far as the irritation like the numbing sensation and the pain overall i'd say it's like 75 to 80 percent gone after one visit for 45 minutes wow so that would have been nice to know but i guess you learn right that's crazy um, that's really and crazy. i mean it, it it's obviously case by case, right? But I guess I have like a... He said it was good that we got it in the early stages because it could get worse over time and then it's more complicated to solve it. But that made it extra good that I went as early as I did. Well, maybe you so, should stop getting so good. fucking jacked at the gym, bro. You know? <laughs> that's the conclusion here. Don't go to the gym. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. so crazy. I, I never uh, knew your muscles could entangle on themselves. That's really It's strange. not the muscles, it's the tissue. Or the tissue, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think, what's it called again? I looked up the word for it yesterday, that type of tissue. Anyway, it's not important. Uh, so yeah, that's an update on that. So that's cool. And what that means is I expect to be returning to streaming. Uh, I have promised I'll do a stream already on Saturday. Um, oh, I heard that you're good. doing a special stream. Is that true? Somebody in my chat we're doing, mentioned we're, we're doing a cooking stream on Saturday, Shannon. Oh. They're always... Uh, what time? They, they're always well-received. Uh, at 4 p.m. Europe, so in five hours from now. I'll be asleep. Days. Sorry about that. Yeah, Sandra. you will be very asleep. That's very unlucky. I'm sure you would love to I'll leave my that. computer on so you have an extra viewer there. Yeah. What are you yeah, cooking? Susie and I are going to bake Christmas cookies, so Ooh. it's going to be nice and chill. Um, awesome. And yeah, then I, I, expect, I expect to just start streaming like I used to uh, over the weekend and then until I'm going to Malaysia on the 8th. Then I'll see if I can stream over there, and otherwise I'll return to normal after I come home. So that's some good news on that front. So that was nice. That was very, very relieving. Also, just to get the certainty with stuff like this. You're always like, all right, what's actually going on? It's worse today. Oh, now it's better. Mm -hmm. Like, what's happening? So just Well, congratulations, sir. I'm glad to hear that's a lot better. Hopefully the next yeah. time. We'll... When, when are you going for your last visit? Uh, I'm going again on Monday, and we hope that's the last time that's necessary. Otherwise, I'll go another time after I come home from Malaysia, probably. But we'll see how it goes on, on Monday, so in four days. All right, cool. All right, let's talk about the first news of the week in Dota, and that is the ESL Pro Tour. I want to talk about every tournament that they've announced, yep. uh, because it's a lot. <laughs> so yep. not including Kuala Lumpur, which you're going to. Uh, in February, February 25th to March 10th, will be Dream League Season 22. That's going to be a million-dollar prize pool. Uh, then in April, it will be ESL1 Europe, which we don't know the actual location, I guess, right? Yeah. It's not been announced yet. Then in Could. May... Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, could perhaps be a return to one of the locations they've had it in Germany, maybe? You really want it to be in Cologne, though. It's been a, it's been a while. Where, where have we had ESL1s for Dota? We've had one in Katowice, and we had one in Frankfurt, or two in Frankfurt. Mm. Uh, and the, the arena that that was in was fucking dope. Um, we've had one in Birmingham, right? Was that an ESL1? 
No, that was so, a major, Senator, wasn't it? So you're you're talking about a lot of tournaments back in the day that I wasn't casting for because I was considered shit at the mm. time. I wasn't invited to anything, if you remember correctly. So I don't. I, I, do I don't remember have, that. I don't have memories of these tournaments per se. I know you still I use you one changed. of the one <laughs> one of the ESLs. You still use a picture for. I don't know. That was in that big stadium. Which one was that? That was in Frankfurt, I think. Frankfurt. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Anyway, I was just theorizing where this could be because with you know we're going back to the old ways of the tournament formats and whatnot. So maybe they would also go back to one of the old places, but maybe somewhere else. Anyway, not announced. So but it will be Europe. Yep. After that's in April. Then Dream League season twenty three will be May twentieth to May twenty sixth. I think it says that's another million. By the way, all of these are million dollars. This is a really short one, though. So the first Dream League season is two weeks, and the second that one is, is one week. Yeah, that is true. It's mm. a very condensed one. Yeah. Then okay. there's another tournament in July called Redacted. It's obviously Riyadh Masters. Uh, you would think so. They might. There's rumors that they might be changing the name to like a World Cup kind of thing. There's also a rumor from, was it Fishman? Said that he heard it was a $45 million prize pool, which... That might not just be Dota, of course. It could be. Yeah, that's what together. I was thinking when I heard that was the last one, the last convention that they held. They had multiple games, right? There was Dota, Rocket League, Counter Strike, right? Was there another game? Was it those three or was there four? I mean, there I think there were, were multiple bunch. tournaments, and I think that the total prize pools this time were like, shit, I'm not sure. Dota was like 15, right? Yeah. I think the total prize pools were around 30, if I'm not. Okay, but let's say they really want to make a splash, okay, for Dota uh -huh. for some reason. 45 million, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that is the most in history cuz that would be the, the biggest Spirit TI, ever. the first TI they won that is, was like mm -hmm. 38, I want to say, maybe it was 40. It was 40. It was okay. just north of 40. So if they want to just, you know, be top dog, this will be yeah. the TI again. I guess if that's what you're going for is beating the record for prize pool, but if I'm honest, I don't, I don't really see the point, but maybe that's going to be like the big selling point for the tournament because mm -hmm. like in terms of like competing with the rest of the year, you're absolutely dwarfing everything with way less. Yeah. So I, I think there's some serious diminishing returns at some point with what you're trying to go for as an organizer. Uh, but I mean, whatever they want to do, if they want to have the highest prize pool ever, then yeah, that's what you're looking at. Uh, when I hear this 45, I personally think this rumor is about all the games combined. Mm. which would be growth from the previous year and more investment, and maybe they bring one or two more titles to the event. Um, but maybe it's all Dota, which would be fucking crazy. Um, but yeah, we'll see. So that is in July, an unnamed tournament that we are just assuming is Riyadh Masters, but yeah. of course it will Very almost certainly be. be. Then Dream League Season 24 will be... This is skips ahead now, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. Let's get through the rest of the year, though. October 27th to November 10th is Dream League. Then yep. ESL1 Asia is December 9th to 15th. So could be another Kuala Lumpur. Who knows? Uh, Notice how in this schedule, conveniently, all of August through October is empty. Which... Most of October. Yeah. yeah, October 27th is when Dream League 24 starts, right? And that one might be online anyway. Um, I don't know if there's anything to be inferred from this about TI moving forward, perhaps, or they're just keeping their, just being like, okay, TI could be anywhere between August and October. We don't know when, so we're just keeping all three months clear because there's going to be TI qualities and there's going to be the event, obviously, and everything. Um, I feel like, without any inside knowledge, yeah. that if ESL is going to be announcing this shit this early, and they're mm. put, investing this much into the scene, they probably know something, I just would assume. Yeah. And it would be nice if TI was back in August again. That was a good one. I would love for TI to be in August. There's just... I then it like becomes a no little weird, doesn't it? Right? Well, there is a downside technically now, because if you have Riyadh Masters, which trumps TI, and it's right before TI, like the month before, that could I be mean, considered a downside. Trump's TI is a... It depending what metric you look at it as, right? Yes. If you if you look at prize pool, sure, then it will 
probably trump ti but in every other aspect the previous uh the previous react masters didn't do that right like in terms of engagement in terms of viewership in terms of everything ti was still bigger right so it's not it's like they're comp it's in a way it's a bit like comparing apples and oranges because the tournaments are trying to be two different things right it's like comparing apples and kiwis you can eat both mm. with their skin on Cinderin. yeah that's a, that's a better one thanks that was good <laughs> good to get that specified uh, uh yeah it, it's true it's a good question if because like dep regardless of what metric you're looking at right like one of them is going to be the biggest prize pool and the other one's probably going to be the most prestigious and the most viewed tournament of the year to have them within about a month and a half of each other is maybe not ideal mm. right I, I get i get that um but for any either of the tournaments individually, there's a lot of upside, in my opinion, to having it in August instead of October. Um, generally speaking, people are healthier in August, so there's less risk of sickness during the event. The weather is better if it's in Seattle, which is really nice for everyone involved. Uh, this time around, it wasn't great, to say the least. Which You're assuming it's in Seattle as well, which is also sure. unknown. Sure, that's, that's true. That's unknown. That is absolutely true. It could be anywhere. Um, this is not me. I, I genuinely don't know. Okay, I'm not like leaking something here. Um, and what was the third thing? Oh yeah, uh, the the audience. I think a lot of people in general have an easier time finding holidays in August than in October. Is mm -hmm. also what I've been gathering. Right, that that's more of it's more woven into your summer holiday plans or whatever, and easier to match. So I just I personally think there's zero upside to having it in October. Uh, and if Riyadh Masters, if it's if it's in July and then TI is mid to late August, I personally don't think that's a problem. I think that's still better than having it in October. Otherwise, I mean, you could move it forward a bit, right? It doesn't have to be August or October. You could have it early September. Already just moving yeah. in that direction I mean, would be good, I think. I, I think probably the shackles I would, from Val's perspective are probably off since there's no DPC anymore. But if they want to gradually bring it back then september would also make sense but yeah we do not know but esl i don't assume, know i assume they know i assume like you're not gonna spend this yeah. much fucking money on the scene without knowing something but there's been crazier things so <laughs> who actually knows okay next on the list is roster shuffle Cinderman. yes uh, you want to talk about some of them aui got dropped as a coach sunbee got dropped as a coach uh from Tundra and Talon, respectively. Yes. Uh, aside from that, all the news since last time, at least the major ones. Did we are... talk about emo being on LGD? That's the thing. The new thing, the news since last uh, last time we talked roster shuffle are, is basically all from the Chinese scene. Mm -hmm. So Planet is moved to inactive in LGD. Uh, Somnus, Chalice, and FY are not playing for Azure Ray anymore. They will be replaced by XM, ZinQ, and XXS. Uh, and then Likas will be their coach. I don't know who this is. I think I have not. Uh, okay, he has four alter alternate IDs. I don't really remember any of them, so I'm not sure who this guy was. Uh, and then LGD's new players will be Emo and PYW, uh, replacing Planet and Nothing to Say. Uh, Nothing to Say, of course, we talked about some weeks ago. Going to God, it's hard to remember everything. Uh, which ahead. team is it? Nothing to say is playing for. You now. got this. You got this, Cinderin. I I got it in a second. I, man, I can't remember all this by heart. He is currently playing for IG. That's right, the new potential Chinese powerhouse here uh, that we talked about. I wonder what's going to happen um, with Somnus, yeah. Chalice, and Fy because it it is strange that they're making dr this drastic amount of changes because they did pretty freaking well at TI, and they didn't really have that much time <laughs> together. Right? That was like a yeah. three month thing or something. If even, but yeah, the, the motivation of that team was very different, right? It it didn't feel like a team that wants to play pro Dota all year and go through the grind and mm. uh, is super driven by that. I think they had a bit of a dream with TI and they wanted to play that. They were motivated for that part, but isn't it crazy to think about that you can just do that if you're that good? <laughs> like, I don't know, man, it's... Sometimes the world just isn't fucking fair, man. Like, how can these players just kind of chill all year? Yeah, I'll stream a bit, I guess. Oh, TI is coming up? Sure, let's throw together a stack and get top four. Yeah, Fuck you. 
<laughs> quote that. Uh, That's a good quote from Sindarin. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. I don't know what their plans are. I think out of those three, uh, so Somnus, Chalice, and FY, right? I, I think Somnus is the least likely, I would say, to be playing on a team in the next six months. Because the vibe that he gave off for quite a while was that he was kind of at least temporarily done playing pro. Mm. Uh, Chalice and FY are a bit more... I'm, I'm sure we will get some, some better information in the comments because there's people that keep up better with the Chinese scene than I do. But uh, yeah, don't know. Don't know what they're going to do. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. All right, and then the final Dota topic is probably going to be a longer conversation because it is interesting, I think, to talk about not just this Mm -hmm. specific instance that we will mention, but we will mention that first to get the the conversation going. So Arteezy started streaming on Kick, and he's been doing a lot of uh, gambling and all that, like the slot machines and NFT stuff, apparently. I didn't really look into exactly what he was doing with NFTs. And I know the Dota community not happy about it, Cinderin. They're actually like other people have done this yeah. before, of course, but it is RTZ mm-hmm. and people want to see him stream on Twitch. Uh, which I know that based on like people getting signed with Kick, they can I think almost always stream on Twitch as well. I think that's like the thing that makes it kind of I believe yeah, it's it's not exclusive, I think, uh, to my knowledge. It might be so I know for a fact that RTZ streams on Twitch as well because um, I've been watching some of his streams on Twitch, and then at some point during the stream, he'll be like, all right, I'm going to continue streaming on Kick." Mm. Um, so maybe he's not allowed to stream on both simultaneously, but there isn't a direct oh, yeah, exclusivity yeah. contract. Yeah, for so, sure. Because in the past, some players or, or some streamers in general have been streaming on YouTube and Twitch simultaneously, for example, which mm. at one point, Twitch disallowed and now it might be back i'm not completely sure what's going on with it it hasn't affected me directly from my personal stream but i know uh, at least one streamer that i watch had uh some back and forth with that whole situation um as far as this goes i haven't watched his streams on kick i don't know how much this like how much this happens and because you said he's been streaming a lot of slots i wouldn't know uh if this was like a one-off you know, one hour segment or two hours, or if this is a daily thing, I just genuinely don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not sure what perspective we're going with here. No, no, no. I, okay, I uh, it's not even a perspective. I, I just want to talk about mm-hmm. it because okay, first right. let's let's let me ask this question: What do you mm-hmm. think? <clears throat> what do you think about the community's reaction to it? Let's start with that. Um. Hmm. So I think. I think the community reacting this strongly to it is, first of all, it's interesting because, as you said, it's happened before with a few other streamers, if I remember correctly. And I think just by sheer size and reputation, Arteezy's stream doing this is why it's getting this much attention, right? Mm. Uh, I think there was a time when... I think Gorg also had a stream at some point where he was playing slots and people were also really furious about that. So the community is definitely taking a stand uh, about gambling on stream. But the thing that's kind of interesting about this is, I wouldn't say it's hypocritical, but it seems like we're very against streaming it, but not as much against it as being a sponsor, right? Mm. Because I guess there's maybe a little bit of a different magnitude to something like... uh, Stake, which I think was the site he was streaming, right? Which is one of those... I think it's a largely unregulated slot site that has a shitload of money that effectively created Kick so that it could stream its slots because it was banned on Twitch, right? Yep. Uh, it was kind of it kind of came about by necessity from their perspective. Um, I get that there's a difference between that and having a gambling sponsor because this is like directly it's on the screen. You are betting. People are watching. You're an influencer, so you know people can get influenced by it. Uh, by seeing it and get into bad habits. Um, 
where am I going with this? I, I, I can definitely see why people think this is more egregious than having the sponsorships or having tournaments funded by uh, betting sites, etc., which is the case for more and more Dota tournaments nowadays um, that the majority sponsorships are coming in from betting sites because a lot of the other sponsors or non-endemics kind of either didn't get the return investment that they wanted or because of the way Dota has been run for the last couple of years with tournament structure, they kind of just went elsewhere and started sponsoring other games instead because Dota wasn't the best place to be. Mm. Uh, I think that's why some of think... the sponsors that we would probably like to have are more in like CS2, for example. Well, you say that, that they have a lot of betting. They do, but they also have other sponsors is what I'm saying. But yeah, they, yeah. I mean, Do, do you think that this right? reaction is, like I have not paid attention to other scenes as much when it comes to this mm -hmm. stuff. Do you think this is a Dota reaction? Like, are we just weird and special in this way that people care that much about it because like when i'm looking around traditional sports mm -hmm. peddling this shit nonstop, i'm getting commercials all the time about fucking gambling right. about all this bullshit crypto whatever and it, i've become desensitized to a degree where i don't even care um, that much I so i'm not partaking I myself but i think there's just a it's a genre thing for me i think where people feel more personally attached to a personal streamer than to somebody doing an ad on TV, right? Mm -hmm. Where this person is interacting directly with the audience in chat and, you know, you have history watching this person stream for X years or whatever and the classic quote-unquote I thought he was different or whatever, right? Um, supposedly, yeah. Look, yeah I want to I talk about that, actually. I thought he mm -hmm. was different. So I don't know if anybody can actually honestly answer this unless you've been offered it like how much money let's call this selling out okay let's just just mm -hmm. call this selling out how much money would it take for you to sell out in that fashion <laughs> oh man these these because, like hypothetical no, we don't need to even bring impossible. up a number i'm so yeah, yeah, i'm yeah. i'm just saying i consider myself a relatively well you're going to be way more hardcore about this kind of stuff than me i'm more mm -hmm. maybe i don't know where would you put me neutral i don't know I suppose, yeah, maybe something like that. There is a number, of course, where I will not, of course. The amount of money, and I've only heard rumors. Well, okay, that's not true. I've heard a few things. I won't mm -hmm. name names or numbers. The amount of money that some pro players, some streamers, they make on a monthly basis, it fucking, on some level, blows my mind and also depresses me because, like, if I look at this from, like, an ego standpoint, I feel like I've done a lot in dota i've done a lot for the community i've done a lot for i mean it's not just for the community because i love doing this shit right and mm -hmm. knowing that somebody is making that much money disgusts me and i get a little jealous i it's i think yeah. that's human nature to get a little jealous because yeah i'm not doing this for the money but i fucking love the money at the same time you know <laughs> yeah. so my point is there is a fucking number for just about everybody and i think it's naive to think that that's not the case yeah, like you'd and be I think almost irresponsible to, to turn down a certain amount if it's a ridiculous. Like some things I'm hearing about how much these guys are making, it's fucking absurd. Yeah, but it's one of those things where I think this is a kind of an interesting argument. Is when people are like, "Well, this this or that person is already so rich they don't need it," and that's true. So yeah, it's like, yeah. at some point, you could be like. If I go to a random person on the street and I'm like, hey, I'll, I'll give you a million dollars to stream on Kick," anybody on the street will take that deal, right? Because mm. like, it's life-changing money, but it isn't life-changing money to everybody. Right. So it's always, it always comes with the asterisk of like, how to say it, at some point, at some point in theory, money becomes redundant, right? But... In reality, it doesn't because there's a lot going on with like, okay, you can always get more and legacy and, you know, family and future of all this, all this kind of stuff where it's, it's obviously really good to have more. Um, but I think that's, that's one of the interesting kind of dilemmas or discussion points for just rich people in general is when, when, when do you have, like, when does it not matter anymore? Well, when, that's when the other thing is what do you full even... philanthropy mode, right? Right. Like, but there's a. There's also, everybody has different thresholds as to what is considered rich even, right? Mm -hmm. Depends on cost right. of living, depends on so many things. But I agree with your general sentiment. Like if it's a billionaire or a millionaire, like tons of millions of dollars, and yeah, it's like, 
at what point but they don't have the same mentality those types of people like they want more power they want more money that's just how they're built that's how they right. accumulate that much to begin with it, you and i are not like influence that. right it becomes influence more than it becomes a currency in a different way right yeah it, it's not about buying stuff in the store or getting a house anymore it's about buying power right, right. and th obviously that's a totally different scale here i don't think artesi's kick sponsorship is going to allow him to influence american politics or canadian politics right that's not about the level we're at here, I think. I also don't think he gives a fuck, to be honest about that. <laughs> yeah, president or anything about it anyway. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like, okay, it feels like we've talked about this for like a few minutes, and I, I don't really know what we're, if we're trying to get to some sort of a conclusion about no. whether this should be like completely shunned or whether it's really disappointing or whatever. Because, like, personally for me, I look at I look at kind of betting sponsorships and all this stuff, and these things are a little bit separate because this is on a personal level, right? This is not something that is directly Dota 2 scene related. It's Arteezy related. So he's an example here, and we've had other examples in the past. Um, what the individual does with their stream and their stuff and all this, you can have whatever opinion about it that you want. I mean, I personally, I would rather this wasn't a thing, obviously. I think that doesn't really need to be said. But like we've talked about in the past with a lot of tournaments and just general infrastructure of Dota, if I snapped my fingers and all of betting in Dota was just gone tomorrow, the scene would look so different that I think people don't understand it, like how important it is. So mm -hmm. in, in a way, it's kind of an, it's a shame that it's a necessary evil, but it feels like at least for now it is necessary uh, for the scene to function because the the raw percentage of money in the scene right now coming from betting or crypto or NFTs, etc., is just, it's enormous. I don't know what the exact percentage is, but you kind of get an idea of it when you look around and you hear stuff. Um, so it, on, in a broader sense, people that are very anti-gambling and anti-betting, I get it. I, I think, first of all, I think gambling and betting, etc., isn't like... It's not a binary thing. It's not like everything is the same. There's flat out just full on gambling. And then there's things that are like a little bit more complicated, like poker, where yes, there is a pretty big gambling element to that, but there's also a skill element. Slots are literally just full on gambling. There's nothing there. It's mm. literally just throw money in the wind and hope you win. And everybody loses over time. So that's just full on gambling. You could say something like sports betting is a bit different because if you're really good at sports betting, you can beat the house uh, if, this, if the odds aren't placed well, especially early on in esports uh, in esports betting. I don't know how far it's come now, and this is not something I personally took advantage of, but I heard from others that bookmakers in Dota, for example, were really bad at putting odds because they didn't understand the game well enough. Mm. So that if you were really skilled, if you were, like, let's say, a high-rated player and you had very good understanding of team dynamics and drafts and strength of teams, you could beat the house. So at that point, it's kind of a skill game as well, right? Sports betting. Um, so all I'm saying is I think it's important to separate things and not... Because I think it's... If you just take everything and put it into one pool and say, this is this and that's bad, I don't think that's, like a good description of things and it's not helpful. I think it's good to separate things into, okay, this is strictly bad and this is, you know, a gray area and this is strictly good. And for me, something like sports betting, I personally don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with there being sports betting sponsors in sports or in esports because as long as the sites are regulated and actually fucking pay and it's not some scammy shit, it's fine. People can throw a hundred bucks at a game if they think it's fun and maybe they win, maybe they lose. It's like, I remember growing up, my brother used to go down to the supermarket and buy for like five bucks or something and play on football. And he thought it was funny and sometimes he would win with his friend and sometimes they would lose, but they got a kick out of it and they liked watching the games. Cool. That's fine. There's a difference between that and playing slot machines on stream. I think those two, you know, it's a scale, right? And NFTs are a whole new world of, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I'm not throwing anything at that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, NFTs just, feel like a different... Like, Again, I don't know the context of, of what he's like, doing with that. A lot of shit coins but. and cryptos and NFTs, I just fundamentally, I just stay away from it because I don't fucking get it, okay? I just don't get it. Mm -hmm. So it, it might turn out in 20 years that I was an idiot for not putting any money into this, but I just hear so many 
stories of this was awful, everything crashed, this was terrible. There's just so many stories of that. Like the ratio between success and failure stories in crypto and in uh, I, I will NFTs, say this, I though. Just, I don't know, man. Like, maybe you just hear the bad stuff. But I know we're, we're kind of lumping everything together, but these are all, like, separate mm-hmm. things. Like, NFTs, I, sure. I personally am not a believer in or care about, or I know it's mm-hmm. very uh, polarizing. Well, actually, polarizing probably doesn't mean the word. People just fucking hate it, especially in the Dota community. But uh, right. I think crypto, like, I, I'm not into crypto. I've never even invested, but I, on a foundation level foundation level i can understand it and it's it is interesting right i think the technology so, is very interesting I, I don't think i wouldn't say i'm against crypto i just don't care about yeah, it or same. understand it at all exactly uh, i'm in the same boat where it's like i get the appeal and i hope it's successful because i think crypto as a concept is really good and cool and is a potential big player in the future but which of the thousand coins is going to succeed? Well, and when it comes to like, we're getting off a bit of a tangent here, but when it comes to uh-huh. gaming and crypto, right. when they're combined, I think it's gotten a really bad rap as well because the games right. fucking suck. For some reason, they're not making good games. Like in a mm-hmm. way, you could look at uh, like Steam, like the marketplace. Those that's kind of those are basically NFTs, right? That's an in-game currency. You have items that are hold inherent digital value. Like it's fucking close I enough yes yeah so it's I, I, I think it's all about how you package it right so theoretically anyway i don't know where we're going with this but anyway rtz is getting a lot of shit i don't know if he cares about it uh because he's probably um, i mean he's certainly making a mega shit ton off of this if you want to be really cynical about it you could say that essentially you run an equation right how big of a hit is my reputation going to take mm. and is it worth it because you know it's going to take one yeah right there's no way you're going to be streaming slots on kick as a Dota pro and you think nobody's going to care and they'll just think it's funny, right? So, I mean, he's probably looked at it and made a decision. And then the question is, this is obviously just about him, right? We saw it with Gorg in the past. We've seen it with other streamers. Like some people do it for a long time. Some people do it for a very short period of time and then they get away from it and just choose not to interact with that system anymore, if you will. Um, it just... As with everything in Dota, it just becomes really big news when it's Arteezy. And that's just, that's the pro and con of being like the poster boy of the game, right? Is if you do something really fucking cool, you get all the glory. And if you do something people really frown upon, you get all the shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he, this could not have come as a surprise to anybody, especially him, that he's getting a shitload of backlash. And then, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. Uh, but I guess to just wrap this up in, to- in, in its entirety, because... This was meant to be like a talking point for all of gaming and Dota sponsorships in general, right? I feel like we're kind of in the same position, you and I, with how we look at it, where it's like, these are sponsorships that the scene needs to function in its current form. Uh, We would both like to see fewer of them and for other sponsorships to take their place. But if nobody's stepping up to the plate, the game is dependent on them. Um, If there was no betting sponsors and there's no saudi arabia how would dota look you think that's a good question because remember when i, mean, I that, was that was the state of the scene like six years ago right or yeah, seven but, or eight or nine yeah, but we're talking about i mean that that's a big difference though six years that, that's what i'm saying though like if you want your best comparison like just let's imagine what it would be like if all of that disappeared then we're taking a time machine back to 10, maybe maybe even 10 years ago in terms of Dota 2 scene and how that looked at the time. Then you look at that size of tournaments, that size of prize pool, and that size of salaries, right? The game has grown immensely in those aspects. And a lot of it is, you know, money coming in from these sponsors because it's not just the tournament prize pools, it's also the orgs. The reason they can play, uh, pay, play, pay players these massive salaries that they've been getting, massive salary jumps in the last 10 years, is... Largely because betting sponsors are also paying a shitload to orgs to get on their jerseys to be the official partner, right? Mm. Um, it's <clears throat> excuse me. It's just a it's just a huge part of the scene. Uh, but again, for me, I it just I wouldn't say it rubs me the wrong way, but I think it's a too simplified version of looking at it when people are just like betting bad, everything else good, because there really is a scale to this where a a betting sponsor that's like, let's say a really established bookmaker or whatever that is on a team's jersey or is sponsoring a tournament is very different than some sort of 
up-and-coming crypto betting site being a sponsor, which doesn't have regulation, right? Because that... I can't in good faith tell people, yeah, you can go to this site and put money and bet on the games and you're going to get your money back if you win. But with a really regulated, you know, multiple-year site that's been running all sorts of sports and whatever, I would have... I would feel way... I would have a way clearer conscience of telling people that they can do that, right? right? Ultimately, it's your own predicament whether you want to do it or not. If you're super anti-gambling and you never want to interact with any gambling, great. I think that's a great stance to have. But I also don't think you're a shitter because you like to go and bet on Dota games. I think that's fine. If you think it's fun and you have the well, money... you are you a shitter in some it. respects, but yeah. <laughs> not really. <laughs> like, if you have the money for it, if you're responsible with your money, if you can handle the losses, then that's fine. Like they can't handle the losses. You're not a bad person for enjoying gambling. That doesn't make you a terrible human being. But honestly, the narrative that I'm seeing sometimes is like very binary, right? It's literally just everything this is bad, everything this is good. And I always kind of try to, you know, keep a level head and be the champion of perspective, you know? So having said all that, if there's a betting company out there that wants to sponsor this podcast, we are definitely interested. Uh, if it's an NFT, it's going to cost you extra. Depending <laughs> on who it is. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah. I, I found it interesting because just the reaction was so visceral. And it probably yeah. is just because it's Arteezy, but it's like other people have done it. There hasn't really been that much of a stink. I don't know uh, if course. it's like this in other scenes at all. Because anytime I, like, I know there's more sponsors overall in Counter-Strike, but mm -hmm. there's so much betting. Like, it's not just... Uh, like the skins and stuff like that. There's like that used to be more of a thing in Dota, and then it was kind of shut down for the most part. That is rampant in fucking but Counter Strike. I mean, it's become usual, the norm with all with all sorts of betting, whether it's skins or money or sports or whatever. The most important thing is just regulation, and it's regulation and it's education, right? And for people to understand the perspective. The the dangerous thing about this, which is for me is the biggest anti-gambling selling point that people have when this whole discussion is brought up, is that some people can't manage it, right? Some people, we, we had this the story with Taiga, right? That some people can really get into this and just get completely consumed by it and it, it can kind of take over their life and almost ruin it. That is some scary shit. And then the question then becomes, is it, to avoid stories like that, do we need to abolish it altogether? Or could there have been stops set in motion so it doesn't get to that point, mm. right? Because one of the problems with betting sites is that they don't stop you necessarily, right? Some sites do. They, like, enforce you to put a limit, for example. But some don't. And then the sky's the limit at that point, right? Like, then you can literally bet everything you own and just lose everything. Uh which is obviously the main thing I'm, I'm talking about here, right? Is doing it in moderation, regulation, and being able to take the losses and not ruin your entire bank, just bust your bank betting on games. Mm. Like, I wouldn't want that for anybody. Um, so it is, it is kind of a, a difficult... I don't know if I would call it like an ethical gray zone, because for this to be a sponsorship, obviously these sponsors are making a lot of money from people that can't handle it, but they're also making a lot of money from people that can. So in a way, it's like... Sponsorships for anything that's, what's the word for this, controversial, mm. are always going to be tricky because you know that, you know, in the end, at the end of the day, there are people who get affected by this massively negatively, and there's a lot of people that don't. So if you want to, <laughs> I don't know, I mean, this is becoming an insane tangent, but we don't have that much to talk about today anyway. Um, I, I don't know what category this falls under, right? In terms of like, what would you compare this to advertising-wise? What's something else? Like tobacco, maybe? Like other bad habits? Where I think tobacco is just objectively just bad. There's just no... Right? There, there's yeah, no there, upside other than the feeling that you, person you, gets. You can't, you can't win in smoking, I think. It's just, there's no winning. Well, you as look far as cool, <laughs> according to some. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that, that whole stereotype has changed quite a lot. I don't think that's the, that's the same anymore. Alcohol? I think alcohol is a good, a, another good example, right? Where are alcohol ads inherently bad? I, I personally, I love to have a drink. I love to have many drinks sometimes. Um, okay, but blackout drunk not, syndrome was the last time. But 
but it's not taking over my life, right? I'm not an addict. I'm not getting in trouble with that. So for me, if there's like a new product or, or a new type of alcohol that runs an ad and I'm like, oh, this sounds like my kind of thing. You know, I, I like this, this taste profile or this is the kind of spirits I like and I see an ad. Mm. Maybe that could influence me to buy that the next time I'm, I'm looking to get a drink. But I don't inherently think alcohol bads are terrible because some people get addicted to alcohol. So I don't know. Well, edibles, maybe. stuff like that, probably the same yeah. type of deal. Right. Well, I, that one, maybe there's some countries that just ban that and you'll get in big trouble, right? Well, yeah, I mean, some too, things are just backwards, right? The fact that weed isn't just legalized in general is kind of weird when you think about it at this point, but alcohol is. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it is I've, strange. I've, I've, I must say, I personally have never done any drugs at all, not even weed, so I wouldn't like be able to talk from firsthand experience, but just all the science you hear, right? All the testaments and everything. That's just, wow. We're really, we're really going deep with this, aren't we? You are. You've been talking about 30 minutes drugs. <laughs> Yeah, well, if you're a CBD I mean, I, oil distributor, you can contact us to sponsor us as well. <laughs> I mean, we have a long-standing sponsor in Manscaped. Perhaps together they can form a great mm. partnership. Get high, Manscaped. shave your balls. Like, what could be better? Oh, <laughs> and then oh, bet on some slots, job. you know? <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. That sounds about right. Honestly, these things are just interesting to discuss, right? Because it's tough topics, right? It's not easy. I think the reason I'm talking about it so much is also that I feel a little bit like I have to cover my bases because mm. people will be very quick to jump to conclusions and just label stuff when when it isn't like that's that for the YouTube comments. That's what right? that's reserved for. Oh yeah. I mean, oh, you said this. This is incorrect. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to be the devil's advocate as well because people will hear you say something and be the devil's advocate and then they immediately think it's your opinion, right? When you're looking right. at a thing from different perspectives. That's something I fall victim to sometimes that people just give me... I just read the comments and just sometimes people are just like, Sin, what the fuck are you talking about? That's bullshit. And it's like, well, I didn't say that that's my opinion. I said that's one way of looking at this situation, <laughs> right? Like... Uh, it's because you're, I don't know. you're too reasonable. Most people are like me, very visceral in nature, very aggressive, and they act on their emotions immediately without thinking. That's normal, Cinderin. Okay, I think, you know, I have a question for you then. Oh, boy. What do you think in terms of, like, sponsorships for controversial topics like this? Like, who, who, is the, who has the responsibility, if you will? If... Like, let's say we're talking about betting and people fall into a hole and they bet money that they can't afford to lose and they get in trouble in real life because they waste away on betting. Right. Who has the responsibility here? Is it, the, is it a shared responsibility? Is it a responsibility of the country to do regulations? Is it a responsibility of the betting sites to prevent people from putting all their money on them? Is it a responsibility of the individual to you know, show restraint, like, where, where's the burden here? You know uh, what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's complicated because depending on the country, the age of, is consent even the right word for this type of thing? The age that you're allowed uh, to do these activities is going to differ right. greatly, right? I think most countries it's 18 or 21. And right? then there's VPNs, like there's ways to get around that where you're like, mm -hmm. what location looks like you're coming from. So I, I actually don't know if there's even possibly a solution, but it's a combination of if you're an adult, like I consider an adult to be 18 and above, then it's your responsibility completely. I don't think there's mm -hmm. an excuse after that, uh, unless you're getting scammed or something, I suppose. And then I think the real issue that people have, which I agree with, is people under 18 or whatever mm -hmm. age you consider to be not an adult, an adolescent or whatever, uh, right. they're the ones getting roped into this stuff, which is not okay. But I don't know how you police that. Like that is just because everything is on the internet. It's all remote now, right? Right. And the one and thing you didn't boxes mention in games, right? Yeah, exactly. That's, That's just like simple. that. That could be considered like almost a gateway drug to a degree. Yeah, right. That's a way to get Definitely. you into gambling. Uh, one thing you didn't mention, by the way, uh, porn uh, is mm -hmm. another. Uh, we'd like to be sponsored by a porn star. We will yeah. put your name and face uh, on the sponsor section. If you'd like to sponsor the podcast, thank you. Well, they already increased the prize pool of TI, right? So why not our why not our podcast? You know, uh, I think they didn't actually end up doing that, did they? I really? Was it just a was it just a lie? All right, I'm not going to say Nobody. yes or no because I remember <laughs> I reading. Genuinely don't I remember know. <laughs> reading something that contradicted that, but I 
who knows if it's true. I didn't care enough to actually click on it. So uh, instead, I went and watched the porn, uh, which is more. I will reasonable. say though, porn is way less controversial than betting. You think so? Why? Yeah. Right. Depending on the culture, I would say. I well, then again, yeah, if the culture is against porn, they're going to be against gambling too. Surely, right? They kind of go well, hand in hand to. I, I don't know every country, but. Mm. That's true, you don't. We can get somebody from North Korea on here sometime and we can figure it out. Yeah, yeah if anybody, if North Korea wants to sponsor the <laughs> podcast, just, uh, we, can, yeah. we can help you with your yeah. branding. Remember, there's a price for everything, guys. <laughs> that one would be very expensive, but hey, if no, I'm a billionaire after that, uh, fuck I'm yeah. I'm just trying to wrap my head around doing a sponsor segment <laughs> for North Korea. <laughs> this fucking podcast, that's hysterical to me. <laughs> Hey, this we, North Korea. <laughs> we could pull it off as a meme and then get really rich in the process and nobody would be upset oh, that's fucking great oh, that's, that's great so many ways to get oh. rich but unfortunately only the players are rich in this fucking scene uh okay i we... definitely feel like the the comments for this video there's going to be a lot of discussion here and i think honestly that's one of the one of the things you do with stuff like this is it takes a lot of discussing right so there's going to be different opinions there's going to be different stories of how people interact with it. There's going to be people that like, there's going to be people that dislike, there's going to be stories about how their countries handle it and their experiences and whatnot. So, but it is very complex. Yeah. And as it stands right now, the Dota scene in its current form just flat out needs it. That's the thing I will say with absolute certainty. Um, it could not function the way it does without it. So, yep. And the other thing, we're basing this reaction that we're talking about that the community's had on Reddit which, right. as we've talked about, is a very small segment. It's possible that most people do not give a shit. And this is a, almost a non-story, right? Well, it's a non-story in the fact that the RTZ streaming part, but I think the rest is interesting to talk about regardless. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, let's get on to our final topic, which is actually the most important one uh, of this week. I've been saving this one. Uh, in Mortal Kombat 1, Cinderin, which is the new Mortal Kombat, there's a spell... <laughs> that lets you fart on the enemies. And there's a game mode where you can... Uh, I, I forget, I read this. I fucking this. love our podcast, man. It's so good. <laughs> I, we have a serious 30-minute discussion about betting, and then the next topic is fucking farts in video games. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good, man. Uh, so anyway, uh. getting back to the topic. Again, uh, there's a farting spell in Mortal Kombat, and it's called Windbreaker, of course. And I forget what the article says, but it's something about you play in a specific game mode, and you can like upgrade your spells in certain ways. And there's one way to upgrade that spell repeatedly to where the like all you do is fart. That's all you do the entire time, and the enemy just slowly suffocates to death. And that's how you beat the entire game. So they've abused it to the point that it's just fart, fart, fart. Until everything is green, you barely can see any of the action, and all the units die, and then you win the game. So, I just want to give a big shout out to—is it still Midway? Who who makes Mortal Kombat these days? Fortality uh, Studios. Fortality, such a fucking <laughs> awesome idea. I'm gonna add the belching somehow to our game. People fuck? really hate that shit, but uh, so when you guys are typing comments about the betting and stuff, which I'm sure you're very passionate about. Uh, let us know what you think about the fartality segment that we just had, because I want to just make sure, you know, we can balance the good and interesting and all that stuff together. Any any thoughts on fartality, Cinderin? Uh, I, I mean, I think it's great. I think it's great game design. <laughs> Keep it up. All right. Great job, everybody. And it's it's good for inclusivity, too, right? I feel like... Yeah, everybody farts. Fart enthusiasts are a bit underrepresented <laughs> in video games. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very happy that I finally get heard. <laughs> That's true. Um, well, you, there's a reason you're not heard because you're the crop dust king. You don't make uh, sounds, uh, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know if there's much sound effect on this spell because I haven't seen a clip of it. Oh, but, you know. Well, you can watch it if you want. Uh, it's a little squeaker. Oh wait, there is a there's a clip here with sound. Let me see. Yeah. There. Give us your rating on this. It sounds like a kick. <laughs> what? No, it doesn't. Oh, now there's a sound. Okay, after the entire screen was cluttered in green, there was a little toot. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? This yeah, makes like no because sense. Because they break the game. He's farting so much that it just you can't distinguish the sound anymore. It makes sense. It's very realistic. Anyway, that's uh, the final segment 
of this podcast for this week. Thank you, everybody, Wonderful. for watching. Uh, remember, Kickstarter is hopefully on Monday, so stay tuned. I'm excited for you. I hope it takes off. I hope so, too. Uh, probably we'll be going through the entire Kickstarter next week, which will take a bit. Uh, so sorry in advance for that, Cinderin. You've seen it already, okay. so... Okay, thanks for watching, everybody. Until next week, Suns Fan and Cinder signing out. Bye bye. Subscribe. But thanks for listening. Yeah.